The Buffalo Bills made an early season statement, knocking off the Miami Dolphins by a score of 48 to 20. We're breaking down the win today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Miami Dolphins 48-20. to That's a four-touchdown win and improved to 3-1 and one on the season. Dolphins entered the game with all the hype, but the Buffalo Bills took the opportunity to remind the NFL who they are. It's only one win. Nobody wins the division after week four. Nobody wins a conference after week four. But it positions the Bills a whole lot better than what the alternative would have been. That's three straight wins for the Buffalo Bills. A great team win all around. All three phases came up big, and it was overall an outstanding example of complimentary football. So you know what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the things I liked, the things I didn't like, recap the predictions, and talk about what's next. But let's start with the things I liked, and we will begin with Josh Allen. An incredible day for Josh. Dynamic, smart, dude has bounced back beautifully since week one. And maybe week one was exactly what Josh Allen needed. But I love what I'm seeing from him right now. His performance against Miami was the icing on the cake for what the last three games have looked like, including Miami. 21 of 25, 320 yards, four touchdowns, passing, no turnovers a perfect 158.3 passer rating, also added a rushing touchdown, five touchdowns in the game. Can you say AFC Offensive Player of the Week? Two of the last three weeks? Should be incoming. We should be seeing that notification come through on Wednesday. I thought Josh played so smart in this game. He knew when to take shots. He knew when to eat a play, and he played winning football. Really good work from Josh. He's really developing comfort in this offense. And in an offense that, let's face it, a lot of new. A lot of new with this offense. Two new starting offensive linemen. New lead running back. Two new backups running backs behind him. Your top two receivers are the same, but the next three are different. You're incorporating an entire new philosophy of 12 personnel. Took a little time, but this offense looks like it's humming. And Josh Allen's playing good football. Was outstanding against the Miami Dolphins. 
once again. How about Stephon Diggs in this game? Six catches, 120 yards, three touchdowns on seven targets. The dude was dynamic. And those three touchdown catches were all pretty special. The first one, kind of an adjustment there, turned into a little bit of a scramble drill with Josh climbing the pocket. Steph stays alive on the route. Josh hits him in the second window. Pretty stuff. Second one was the 55-yard touchdown. Josh hits him down the sideline, and then Steph broke all the tackles, right? Three, four tackles missed on that play by Miami. He sprints to the end zone. And then the last one was fun. How about him putting Cater Kohu in the blender? And Miami seemed pretty content with living with one-on-one Steph Diggs versus Kohu, and Diggs won a lot of those, those matchups, not to mention the pass interference penalty he drew earlier in the game. I think that was like a 40-something-yard penalty. So Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, you always love starting the conversation with those two guys, right? Those guys show up and have a big day. Buffalo Bills usually do pretty good. And that was the case on Sunday afternoon. How about the other weapons in the passing game? That was one of my big talking points last week is, look, I don't know if anyone not named Stephon Diggs is really established in this offense. And not that any one of them had a huge game, but I think the sum of all of them and their contributions, in addition to what Diggs did, led to an outstanding day throwing the football. Gabe Davis, three catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. That's on three targets as well. That's good efficiency from Gabe. A couple of nice catches down the field. James Cook had a 48-yard reception. That was a fun play. Josh kind of keeps it alive. Smart with how he navigates through the pocket. Gets to his right. James Cook peels out. Nice little touch pass, and he's off to the races. Dalton Kincaid, four catches on five targets. Some really good in-rhythm stuff where he won a route and Josh hit him. Dawson Knox only had one catch, but man, oh, man, was that a fun catch for 12 yards. Hits him to Josh's left. Puts that dude in the dirt. Steps over him and gets a first down by a couple of yards. Trent Sherfield with a couple of catches, at least one that went for a first down. How about Deontay Hardy? Both of his catches go to for first downs and some really good efforts on both of them. And so I think, while I mean, I'm not going to say three catches for 61 yards and a touchdown isn't a big day, but I think collectively what these Bills pass catchers did outside of Diggs was very efficient and complemented the entire scope of the offense quite well. Josh Allen throwing to Diggs, 6 of 7, 120 yards, three touchdowns. Josh Allen to everyone else, 15 of 18, 200 yards, and a touchdown. And so we talked about that lack of efficiency last week. Corrected real quick. How about Latavius Murray in this game? I mentioned and he had a 22-yard catch, but also that 29-yard run. Those are both huge plays that kind of sparked the team. And so I wanted to give him some recognition here as I talk about the pieces of the offense that I liked. I thought he really provided something to this team on two different – I mean, two 20-plus-yard plays is good stuff. One is a run, one is a catch. But the offense in general had a day. 48 points scored. No, it's not 70, but 48's pretty good. 24 first downs. You're 50% on third down, 5 of 10. You get 414 total yards, 11 and a half yards per pass play. That's good stuff. 
five of six scoring touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, that's good efficiency. You love to score six of six, but five of six is really good. And I mean, you score five touchdowns in a football game, you should win most of those. You didn't turn the ball over or come close to it. I guess the only play that they came close to turning it over was the James Cook touchdown run where, you know, Josh really rode out that mesh point and it seemed like it was a little shaky there for James Cook. But then how about Josh coming in behind him and pushing him in the end zone? I like that. You give up two sacks, but they're both coverage sacks. Josh was only hit three times. All around day from the offense. Yo line, Josh, the weapons. Ken Dorsey, once again, I think he had the right stuff going into this game. Josh played smart. He executed. And you wind up winning by four touchdowns over the team that was 3-0 and and had all the hype. The Bills made a statement offensively that they're a pretty tough riddle to figure out as well. Really enjoyed that offensive performance. All right, we got more stuff to talk about in things that I liked. In just a second, we're going to get into the defense and the special teams who both came up big in this one. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And folks, it's easy to create a job over at LinkedIn Jobs. Then once you do, you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into things that I liked on defense and special teams, but I should also take a moment and say something that I liked was the crowd. Bills Mafia, you guys showed up. I wasn't there, but I watched the game on TV, and you could feel the energy, right? You could hear it. Big-time performance from Bills Mafia. We talked about it on Saturday. Those of you in attendance had a real opportunity to affect this football game, and you did. You saw some procedural issues from the Miami Dolphins pre-snap on offense. And you heard Sean McDermott after the game. He said it's the loudest he's ever heard the stadium. And even said 40% of the plays he called on defense, Terrell Bernard couldn't get him in his ear because it was so loud he had to rely on hand signals. Good stuff, Bills Mafia. Good stuff. Let's move on to the defense and the special teams. What a job by the defense, right? What a job. You give up a touchdown in each of the first two drives, and then you tighten the screws. After those first two touchdown drives, this is the results of the possessions for the rest of the game for Miami. Punt, punt, fumble, punt, touchdown, interception, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. Good stuff. That's a heck of a response. After you looked like they were going to be reeling all the game long after the first two drives, they adjusted and they didn't accept that the Dolphins offense was just going to go match blow for blow with the Bills offense. Tighten the screws, made great adjustments. The unit did a great job of getting Tua off of his first read 
and forcing him to process deeper into the snap. And you saw the volatility that can come with that. We saw the defensive line affect the game. We saw the coverage married up with the pass rush to make things really tough at times for Miami. I think that was so critical. Marrying those things up so you can get Tua to work off of that first read. It really happened. I'll be curious to see what the percentages were. Tua came into this game throwing in that first read 80% of the time. I don't think he did came anywhere near close to that. And you get you get Miami out of their stuff offensively and force them to play more traditional offense, not as effective. Now that requires you to score some points and get a lead, but it happened. It's a great job for the offense kind of staying in it, scoring those points early, and the defense really responded. Tua was sacked four times. He was only sacked once in the in the first three games, and it's not like they didn't face good pass rushers. Week one, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Week two, you got the Patriots, and I mean, what I think they led the league in the, the AFC in sacks last year, one of the best pass rushing teams in football. Matthew Judon, Christian Barmore, Josh Uche. Last week, the Denver Broncos, I mean, they Randy Gregory and Zach Allen, two very highly paid players, Jonathan Cooper, Nick Bonito. Couldn't sack them but one time in three games. Bills got them down four times. Also credited with nine additional quarterback hits. Held them to six and a half yards per pass, which is way less than the 10.4 net yards per pass they were averaging in the first three games. Great day for Sean McDermott's defense. I'll tell you what, Sean's going to mess around and never going to allow himself to not be the defensive coordinator. The way that he's delivering in terms of pressure rush schemes, right? Finding ways to rush four, but still overload sides. Finding ways to scheme up good one-on-one opportunities for his defensive line. And that's a beautiful thing, but also when you're, he's got it so married up right now between his pass coverage and how they're spacing the field and what that's allowing his pass rush to do. It's it's beautiful coordination. Sean's going to mess around and not be able to give it back to anybody. So you limit this Miami offense to 20 points. They're averaging 43 per game entering. But how about the situational stuff? Third and fourth downs. Miami 3 of 10 on third down in the game. 0 for 3 on fourth down. So on third and fourth down, you held them to a combined 3 of 13. And you did a great job of limiting Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, 3 catches, 58 yards. Jalen Waddle, four catches, 46 yards. I mean, you live with that every time against those players. The guys making plays, I mean, those guys, those are not nothing, right? They made plays, but Durham Smite's getting catches. Alec Ingold, Raheem Mostert down the field. Braxton Berrios, you can live with that. Seven catches combined for Waddle and Hill. I think some of that for Waddle kind of came later in the game. Had a good plan for those guys. How about Greg Rousseau? Two-sack game in addition to a pass breakup and two quarterback hurries. I know that first sack, he rushed uh, from the inside. Great day for Greg. Ed Oliver, sack, two tackles for loss, quarterback hit. 
That sack and that tackle, one of those tackles for loss, huge moments. Daquan Jones, another sack. Tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. Leonard Floyd, two quarterbacks hit. You felt his impact as a pass rusher all day long. How about Kingsley Jonathan? Had a nice pressure on that rollout. Matt Milano played good football, 10 tackles in the game. And I felt like I felt like Matt was really secure in his tackling, but also he played fast, right? I thought he had a good game. Terrell Bernard, fumble recovery. And I give him a lot of credit for the Micah Hyde interception because Bernard was able to carry that route and he squeezed it hard at the top, restricted that throwing window for Tua. Micah Hyde was able to get that interception. Taron Johnson coming up with a forced fumble. This defense made big plays in big moments. They scored six points. The Dolphins scored six points in the second half on five possessions. Great execution, great coaching, guys making plays. They got some yards. You knew they were going to get yards. But coming up with some critical plays in critical moments and limiting them to 20 points, you sign up for that all day long. So great day for the defense. I think the special teams did some really good stuff as well. I mean, Tyler Bass is off to an incredible start this year. Was just named the AFC Special Teams Player of the Month for September. Was perfect. I think he was 10 for 10 on extra points and field goals. Had another perfect day. Two of two on field goals, six of six on extra points, including that 53-yarder. That was a big-time kick. 28 to 14 ball game. So you're up by two touchdowns. A minute and 43 seconds left in the second quarter. And if they, if Tyler Bass didn't make that long field goal, that would have given Miami the ball at the 43-yard line, keeping in mind there's a minute and a half left in the, in the quarter, and Miami gets the ball first in the second half. I mean, that was a real chance to kind of double dip and get right back into the game. Tyler Bass just drilled it. A purely hit Bass bomb. Big-time kick. And that thing wasn't close to being missed. I mean, plenty of distance, plenty of accuracy. Dude is striking the ball well. So two of two on field goals, six of six on extra points, a 53-yarder, huge. I think both Sam Martin punts in this game were outstanding. Saran Neal was doing his thing, covering kicks and punts. He had a great game. And then I thought, I mean, just overall, Matthew Smiley's unit really stepped up today. And so when I said complimentary football at the beginning of this conversation, you look at offense, you look at defense, you look at the special teams, it all worked together for a four touchdown win over the Miami Dolphins. You love to see it. All right, believe it or not, I got some things that I want to talk about and things I didn't like here in just a moment and recap my predictions, talk about what's next. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. Snap into the NFL action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So check it out. Visit FanDuel.com slash NFL and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Bills Mafia, let's get personal for a minute. Has anyone ever been caught skinny dipping? You know what I mean. When you dip your tortilla chip just barely enough to get a dab of salsa on it, it's okay. We've all been there. Sometimes it's not your fault. 
Most tortilla chips can't even handle a chunky dip without breaking right in half. But those days are over. It's time to say goodbye to skinny dipping and hello to chunky dunking because Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are literally made to dip. They're strong and sturdy enough to handle the heftiest dips of guac, all seven layers of that dip, and every last chunk in that salsa. So say goodbye to skinny dipping and hello to chunky dunking with Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips available at Wegmans in the chip aisle. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips equipped to All right, folks, let's get into some things that I didn't like from this football game. And honestly, I mean, this was such a gut punch. punch. And we're talking about Trey White and the injury that he suffered in this football game. I mean, just an absolutely devastating moment. Gut-wrenching, right? The Bills are reeling. It's a You stop them, and Trey White goes down with what appears to be a very, very significant injury. All indications are that it's probably a ruptured Achilles tendon, and you hate to see it. I mean, the guy was – you felt like he was back. Playing good football, had the interception last week, probably should have had a pick six in this game. You hate to see that. And then just the way that he responded to it on the field, tossing his helmet, hand down, the way that the players talked about it afterwards, Sean McDermott, as emotional as I've ever seen him, reflecting on Trey and his journey back and how hard he works and how important football is to him, the way Mitch Morse talked about him, the way Steph Diggs talked about him, just an absolute gut punch. Sucks. Sucks for him. Hate it. So what now, right? The season continues. It was good to see Christian Benford get back out there. It looked like he was significantly injured. Then he gets back out on the field. So you got Christian Benford, you got Dane Jackson, you get Kyrie Elam, right? Kyrie Elam's going to play. Or at least he'll be the third corner. You got Kyron Brown and Jamarcus Ingram on the practice squad. You can consider those guys. There's some veteran options out there as well that I would be considering if I were the Bills. So there's options, but I want to see 27. I want to see Trey White. And I fear we're not going to see him for a long time. And that sucks. So obviously I didn't like that. Didn't love the run D in this game. You live with it for sure. But they got 142 yards on 19 carries with two touchdowns. Seven and a half yards per rush. Now, Devin Achan, however you say that last name is going to kill me. Achan, I think it is. 101 yards on eight carries. Now, the Bills did a great job with Mostert. Great job with Mostert. But some of those outside runs to Achan, I mean, you could tell he's just got another gear. So his seems like he's going to be a little problem for a while. Uh, he's a smaller back, so I wonder if he'll ever be a high-volume guy. But I mean, you get eight eight rushes for 101 yards. I mean, who cares about volume? That guy's a problem. So, again, handled Mostert okay, but Achan certainly gave the Bills some trouble. Didn't love the Bills' rush offense overall in this game. It had some moments. I Actually, I would say Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, they were fine rushing the football. It was the James Cook stuff, only 12 for 29. He did have the rushing touchdown, but would like to have seen James uh, be a little more productive against Miami. Uh, I didn't like that Miami went three of four scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Now, fortunately, the Bills scored 48 points and went five of six in the red zone, but you'd like to hold them to better than 75%, um, especially in a game like this. It felt like when they got down there, it was easy for them, really easy for them. So didn't love that. I'll get greedy here, but I think the 
I think the Bills missed three big opportunities on defense. And again, I am being greedy. I'll say it. The first drive, tipped pass. I think it was second and eight. Tip pass. Get a clear shot in an interception between Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard. And then somehow it ends up being a completion to Jalen Waddle for a first down. Instead, it could have been third and eight. Of course, they go on to score a touchdown on that drive. Then you have another opportunity when Raheem Mostert fumbled the ball. The Bills had four legitimate opportunities to just fall on the ball and take possession. It's 21 to 14 midway through the second quarter. The Bills would have taken possession of the ball at the Miami 26. Instead, Miami punts the ball, and you get the ball at your own 27. So you lose 50 yards of, of field position. That's hidden yards. Right there it is. And then you, the Bills, end up punting on that drive. So it took points off the board while it was still a game. I mean, I'm not going to assume the Bills would have scored a touchdown if they got the ball at the 26, but probably safe to assume a field goal. And you open up a, a two-score lead at that point instead of 21-14 and punting it back to them. And then on the first drive of the second half, you get them in third and three, and you have a easy opportunity as sack, just a regular, just free run at the quarterback. You miss him, and then Tua scrambles. He picks up the first down, and then they wind up scoring a touchdown eight plays later. Again, I'm being greedy and nitpicky. I don't expect the Bills to make every single play, but three opportunities there that I think could have could have really you know made this an even bigger win or put them out of it a little bit quicker. So again, I know I'm being nitpicky there. I know I am. So those are the things I didn't like. Let's talk about my predictions. And folks, I did not do well in these predictions. I got the most important one right, but I didn't do well. My first prediction was that both teams would top 150 rushing yards. That didn't happen. Neither team got there. 142 for the Dolphins, 104 for the Bills. I predicted 50 rushing yards from Josh Allen. That didn't happen. He got 17. And I really kind of hyped that up throughout the course of last week was, hey, get Josh Allen involved in this rushing offense. And the Bills really didn't. Uh, obviously, the the touchdown run was beautifully designed and executed. Love that. But they didn't get him going. And maybe maybe that's just how the game script unfolded. You kind of look at those first couple drives and realize that he's dialed in as a passer. You didn't really need to weaponize his legs and take advantage of it. So you didn't. But I predicted 50 rushing yards from Josh, and he got 17. I predicted that neither quarterback would be sacked more than once. Didn't happen. Josh was sacked twice, two of four times, so I whiffed there. Now, number four might be a little controversial, all right? You can let me know what you think here. I said that Stefan Diggs would account for less than 38% of the Bills' passing yards. So we got 120 of the 320 passing yards from Josh, and that's 37.5%. So we are we rounding it up? Because if we round it up, then I I guess I guess I didn't get it right. But he got thirty seven and a half percent. It was pretty close. Pretty close. Doesn't matter. Whatever. I predicted the Bills would win, and they did. So we'll take it. We'll enjoy this victory Monday, and um, on to the next one. Right. We'll certainly do our all twenty two review tomorrow. We'll break this game down. I'll get into some of the stuff that really stood out to me from studying the tape, and then of course herd mentality. And then the Bills are on to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. Jaguars won on Sunday afternoon. Um, they beat the Atlanta Falcons in London, so they get to stay down there all week and play the Bills on Sunday. So that's what's next for the Bills. Next for this podcast, as I mentioned, is the All-22 Review. 
I've also got a Bleacher Report stream for you tomorrow at noon Eastern time. So if you're around uh, around lunchtime, again, noon Eastern time, I'll be live on Bleacher Report talking more about this football game and what's ahead for the Buffalo Bills. And, uh, of course, you know what's going to happen this week. we got plenty of content. We're going to really reflect on this game. We'll get to herd mentality, and we're going to focus on the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Bills' opportunity to get to 4-1 and one and get another important AFC conference win. And so there you have it. The Bills improved to 31, a 48-20 to 20 win over the Miami Dolphins, putting the Dolphins to 3-1, and one, and um, certainly positioning themselves a lot better had the Bills not been able to win this game and being 2-2 two and two and the Dolphins 4-0 and oh and all that. But that's not the world we live in. The Bills took care of their business in convincing faction against the Miami Dolphins. Enjoy your victory Monday. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Again, have a great rest of your victory Monday. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again with the All-22 Review.